My name is Ladina, and I'm one of the assistant pastors here at Fellowship Church, and I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. If you're watching online, welcome. We are so excited you're joining here with us today. Um, before we get started, though, I want to do one quick announcement, and that is if you are in this Gen Ministries, which means if you help in kids, if you serve in um, young adults, or if you serve in youth group, we're having a training on February 12th. It's a Saturday. It's at 10 a.m., lunch is provided. It's really, it's it's important that you're there. So please come to that. It's going to be till 3 p.m. Um, or 2 p.m., I guess. Um, but it's really important. It's all of our training on how and why we do what we do, policies, procedures, and we do some other training as well. So please talk to your leaders about that. If you can't make it, um, you need to let them know because it is a mandatory training for this gen. Uh, we do it a couple times a year, so this is the first time we're doing it this year, and we'll do it again so you can catch it next time. But Please let your leaders know if you're not able to make it. Um, uh, we are going to be picking up in our Egypt series, and so we just finished our relationship status series, and it was really amazing. I really appreciate how when we talk about relationships, we talk about how um, valuable each of us are no matter what stage of life that we're in. I think that's really important for us to remember, and so it was really an amazing series. God did a lot of awesome th stuff through that series. Um, but now we're going to pick up our Exodus journey. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, before Christmas. And that is um, Exodus 15. And someone forgot to give notes to the person who puts them in the app. And so they're not in the app. So I guess you're just going to have to pay attention to what I'm saying. So um, that was me. I put them in there, and I forgot to give them to myself. And I wrote my message. So you guys can figure that one out. All right. Um, but we're going to pick up right where we left off. The e Israelites had just crossed over the Red Sea. And so we're going to read... It's kind of an extensive passage, but I just really felt pressed to read this whole passage of Scripture. And basically what this is, it's Moses singing his song of thanksgiving for what God had just overcome. And then after to this morning, I just was like, okay, this is good thing, God. Thanks for confirming that. This is what I'm supposed to talk about. Sometimes when I speak, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so convicting. But sometimes I like conviction. I know that's weird. But like it challenges me, and I kind of, I like to be challenged. I don't like it when it hurts, but I like to be challenged. And so tonight, today, God just kept saying encouraging. I'm like, I'm not really an encourager, more of a convictor. But um, I'm going to try. So today, if you feel convicted, you can talk to Jesus because I'm encouraging today, all right? Okay. So we're going to kick off Exodus 15, and it's, um, it, like I said, it is a kind of a long passage, um, but I really think that we need to just dig into the Word. Um, the Old Testament, I love the Old Testament. I used to not like the Old Testament. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so boring, blah, 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 I don't want to read it, whatever. But I, once I started reading it and understanding it and studying it, God just, like, brought it alive. And so that's my prayer for you today, it, and actually through this whole series, that God will just bring His Word alive to you, because there's so many good things in our in the Old Testament. It's the history of, like, God's people, and it's just the redemption story of Jesus. It's just showing what he is going to do. And so um, I just want to encourage you guys, just even though it's the Old Testament, hang in there. It's good. Okay, verse 1. It says, Then Moses and all the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and his rider he has thrown into the sea. So he's talking about Pharaoh here. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and he chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them, and they went down into the depths like stone. 
Your hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, and the floods stood up in a heap, and the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. It's just repeating that whole visual of them crossing the Red Sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire have its fill on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. That's what the enemy was saying. God blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The people have heard, they have trembled, the pangs have seized the inhabitants of Phil- Philistia. I can't read today. Now the chiefs of Edom, dismayed, trembled, seizes, seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they, will still, they are still as stone. Tell your people, O Lord, pass by. Tell the people pass by whom you have purchased. He's talking about the Israelites, again, crossing. You bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh, with all the chariots and his horsemen, sent went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. And as I was reading that and thinking about those things, there's some amazing things we could get out of that passage. Just that chapter alone, that portion of that chapter alone. So amazing. Hearing about all the wonderful and amazing things God has done, who he is, where he brought these people. And something that just literally popped out to me today was how it said, the enemy said, I will pursue. The enemy said, I will overtake. The enemy said, I will divide. The enemy said that his desire should have the fill of them. And the enemy says, I'm going to draw my sword. The enemy says, I'm going to destroy. But God said, no, you're not. And God saved these people. And these people saw this amazing miracle. And they were able to all walk through on dry land. And the enemy was drowned in the sea. And so today, if that's you, if the enemy is coming after you, like the Pharaoh, if he is, he is saying he's going to destroy, he's going to divide, he's going to do all these things. But God is here, and he's saying, no, he's not. I am God. Look what I have done. Look what look at the amazing power that I have. And so as we focus um, on this section and this message that God has, I want to focus on just a few of those verses that God just really popped out to me. So I'm going to read. I'm going to tell you what verses there, and we're going to kind of read through them again. Verse 2, it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has, my, he has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him my father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 9. Oh, I guess I did put that in there. The enemy said I will pursue. We already did that. So, okay, verse 10. And then God says, then God blew with the wind, the sea covered them, and they sank like lead in the mighty waters. 
Verse 11 said, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. You will bring, verse 17, you will bring them in and plant them on your mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. In verse 18, it says, the Lord will reign forever and ever. And so I just want us to keep this in our mind as we walk through this next um, story, kind of where the Israelites found themselves, because we sometimes will read these verses, and I think we've said this before, reading about the Israelites. We read these, and it's so easy to be like, they are so dumb. Why are they doing this? Don't they know what, who God is? Don't they know? But two things we have to remember. One, we know the end of the story. They didn't. And two, we are also so dumb. And we also do the same things. We also are like those Israelites who forget some of the amazing things that God has done for us and has, has brought us through. And so um, Exodus 16, um, verses 1 through 4. So here we have 15 days after they left Egypt, the people start complaining because they're, they're hungry. They, will have, they want meat. Um, they, want, they want me to eat. And they say, in verse 3, they, it says, And the people said to them, Moses and Aaron, it says, Would that we have died by your hand in the Lord in the land of Egypt? We sat by meat, the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly with hunger. So basically they're like, We could have had meat in Egypt, but you brought us to the desert so that we can die and not have meat. We had pots were full of meat. And uh, Moses goes to the God, goes to the God, goes to God and says, verse 12, he says, I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel say to them, this is God telling him, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And so God gave some instructions for the people. He said he's going to bring them quail that they can gather, and he's going to rain down uh, bread from heaven. They call it manna. And he tells them, though, he's like, just gather enough so that you, enough for you to eat, okay? Don't be greedy. Don't get excited. Just enough for you to satisfy you, you and your household and your family. Don't get any more or it's going to spoil. There's going to be like worms and maggots and stuff. And um, so the people, what do they, he, and then he says, but on, this, on the seventh day, so because they take a day of rest, so on the sixth day, get double portions so that you will have enough for the Sabbath so you won't have to work on the Sabbath. And so the people, of course, we like just like us, we're always listening to what God tells us to do. They go out and they gather their manna, they gather their bird, their food, the pheasants, and they gather them all up and they gather more. And so the next morning they wake up and they're just, it's all rotted and gross. And then when the Sabbath runs around, rolls around, they run out. They don't have enough. And they go to them and they're like, we don't have enough bread. We don't have enough. And he's like, God told you what to do. You, he gave instructions for you to follow. And, um, and they're starving. And this should have kind of been a warning sign to them. Sometimes I'm a little bit slow and I don't catch on very easily. So I have to repeat things over and over and over again. Things have to be repeated to me sometimes. And so they have to walk through this over and over again. We see this throughout their kind of journey to the promised land. But, um, but they are complaining 15 days after watching God just rescue them from Pharaoh. And that has just been in my mind of just like, 
that seems crazy that it's only been 15 days. Because um, when you read the Bible, it feels like it's been like years. You know, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's been such a long time, but it said only 15 days. And so I think about that and I think about how many times I've caught myself um, complaining about things. And I think God had just did a miracle and provided something. And then I turn around, I'm like, oh, blah, 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 whatever I'm complaining about. And then I'm just, I forget immediately like what God had just done, you know? And so I look at this imagery that we read about and I see my own reflection and I'm like, oh, that's just great, you know? Um, thanks, God. Okay. But I want to read this passage again, verse in chapter 15. Again, I want to read Moses's worship to God. It says, the Lord is my strength, my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So this is what he said right after they crossed. We're just going to keep reading these verses to this morning because I really feel like God is wanting us to remember this today. In verse 9, it says, The enemy said, I will pursue you. I will overtake you. I will divide the spoil. My desire is to have its fill. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Verse 10, You blew with the wind. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, steeds, doing wonders? You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength your holy, to your holy abode. I think this morning God wants us to remember that, that he has led us in his steadfast love, he has redeemed us, and he is guiding us with his strength. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which, you have, which your hands have established. We're going to talk about that later on in this message about the sanctuary of God and like the holy of holies and how significant that place of worship was. And so this is just kind of saying the sanctuary, the innermost where God, we can meet with God face to face. The Lord will reign forever and ever. This shows us that God is going to keep us safe. God is going to provide. God is going to keep them safe. God is going to provide for them. This was telling them, hey, you know, this is what God did. This is what he's going to do. He's taking you somewhere. He's bringing you somewhere. He's bringing you out of something. Follow with him. Stick with him. Hang in there. Worship through it. Pray through it. Get community through it. Let's get together. Let's get to the other side of this. In Exodus 17, chapter 17, here we go again. They're mad about something. They're complaining because this time, because there was no water to drink. And I guess that might be legit. You're in the desert. You might be a little thirsty. I know I'm a little thirsty up here, but I'm not complaining. Um, and um, and uh, verse 2, it says, Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Sometimes I'm like, God, why are you doing this? And he's like, why are you arguing with me, Lydina? I, you, I told you what to do. Just do it. I'm like, okay, tell me again. Um, verse 3 says, but the people thirsted for the, wa for the water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out to Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. Sometimes I feel like, my boss feels that way with me. He's like, what am I going to do with these people? They're going to stone me. Um, sometimes I feel that. You know, sometimes people are, you're just like, ah, I can't take it anymore. Um, I feel that way sometimes about people. 
I mean, I love most people, but sometimes that happens, right? We all feel that way. And so here they are again. They're basically kind of just spitting in God's face here because he's already provided food for them. He's already provided meat for them. Do you really think that he's going to let them be thirsty and dry up and die of thirst? I mean, that's not the God that they serve, right? That's not the God that Moses was worshiping. That's not the God that brought them out of the Red Sea. That's not the God that brought them out of Egypt. Um, but we are all kind of like them. Like I said in the beginning, we are all, all kind of like the Israelites. We all have this human tendency to not be satisfied with what we have, complain about what we don't have, complain sometimes about what we have. We all have this tendency to do that. So God tells Moses to strike the water with his staff and allows the water to be drinkable. And so God gets them drink um, again. But we're just going to read that passage again in Exodus. And it says, verse 2. You guys are going to have this memorized. There's going to be a test later, and so you better have this memorized by the time you leave today. So verse 2 says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And I think that we need to remember that sometimes. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And that is that is mentioned throughout the whole Bible, just about how God is, he is the beginning and he is the end. He is the alpha, the omega. He is the first and he, you know, the last. He is going to be, that. he is there always. He is going to be there always. He says in the New Testament that he is, Jesus is there with us until the end of time. He's going to be with us forever and ever. And it's, it's easy to look, like I said, again, at, at the Israelites and be like, oh my gosh, they are so dumb. They are so stupid why can't they just get it together again and then I look in the mirror and I'm like okay I get it now I understand why because we are sinful people who like to live in misery I'm convinced <laughs> I'm convinced that if I don't have something to complain about I'm truly not happy I'm convinced that if I don't have something to worry about my life is not complete I tell you I could have <laughs> so dumb anyways um it's just silly to think about, but, and that is the reality. I was, the other day, I was just like, wow, everything's going smooth and feeling like, I'm like, okay, when is the bottom going to fall out? Oh my gosh, it's going to come soon. I just know it's going to happen soon. I just know it. And got myself all worked up for no reason. Nothing happened, but I was all worked up and then I felt normal again. And so I just think that sometimes we are just not satisfied unless we have something to worry or complain about. And it was interesting because in our rally this morning, a verse that, uh, that God put on Pastor Anthony's heart was just rejoice always and don't be anxious for anything and all this stuff. And it just reminded me that just that whole theme of just rejoicing always and pressing into God and remembering what God has done for us and not to be anxious. That's the hard part, I know. I know it's hard to not be anxious. Um, but God provided for the Israelites. He provided for all the people. If you read the Bible from finish to end, God is always there. He's always providing. He's always taking care of his people. He's always 
on the other side. And sometimes we do go through things, and sometimes life does suck, and sometimes we're in that middle of the sea. Sometimes the enemy is trying to divide and trying to conquer and trying to overtake us and drawing his sword, and sometimes we are stuck. But God is still faithful. God is still there on the other side. God is still there with his steadfast love. God has still redeemed us. God has still saved us. He is still the God of our salvation. He still wants us to be with him in his sanctuary in his, and worship him and know that he's going to take care of us forever and ever. And sometimes we get stuck in those places and we forget that. We forget about the stuff that God has done. Now, sometimes we say, oh, don't dwell on the past. Don't look at the past. But sometimes it's really good to look at the past and see what God has brought us through. Because sometimes we get lost in the worries of the day or worries of the future, but we can remember the things that God has done. And so sometimes we remember those stories and we read these verses and we read these Bible stories and they're not just stories, but they're encounters of people's lives that we can see how God saved these people, how God walked with these people, even in their stupidness, even when they were being dumb, even when they were, you know, about ready to kill his people that saved them, even when they're ready to throw rocks at his leaders, even when they're ready to you know, when they start worshiping other gods and things like that, he is still God and he is still faithful and he is still just and he is still there and he is still calling us to worship him and to stay steadfast to what he has called us to do and aim for that promised land and keep moving forward. Even if you're wandering right now, it's been 40 years, keep moving forward because God does have a plan. He does have a purpose and he does have a place for us. We need to remember to stay grateful in our circumstances, no matter what they are. And we remember to grow in our faith. And sometimes we get stuck in that. We get stuck about all the things we have to do, that we need to do, that we aren't doing, and the things are falling short in. And we just need to stop and be like, God, what, who are you? What have you done? And read all the amazing, amazing things that God has done. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him. Sometimes we have to make those statements. I'm going to praise you, God, no matter what is going on in my life. I'm going to praise you, God, no matter what is falling apart around me. God, I know that you can overtake any situation that I'm in. I know that the enemy is not going to prosper because your word says this, God, and you are not a liar. The word says that you are with me and that you are going to reign forever and ever no matter what that may look like on the other side, no matter where I may be headed, no matter what is going on around me, no matter what I'm facing, no matter if I'm dying of thirst or if I'm starving, God, you are going to fulfill me. You are going to take care of me. And I know that I've heard stories and stories of people who, you know, we call them testimonies of people's stories or what God has done for them. And it's amazing to hear about those stories of what God has done. It's amazing to hear people's faith stories and their testimonies and their stories of how God had brought them through. And it encourages us. It encourages us to be like, okay, that's the step of faith that we need. And so I want to encourage you today is share your story. Your story is powerful. Your story of where God has brought you is powerful. Your story of you know, maybe you're in the sea right now and you're like, no, Ladina, you don't even know. I am literally, the enemy has the sword like to my throat. <laughs> it's not powerful. But you're saved. You're breathing. Your story is powerful. And it can help other people's faith grow by sharing it. 
And so when things are getting hard and things are falling apart and we feel like we can't move to like the left or to the right, just remember that. Remember who God is. Remember what God had, has done for these people of Israel. Remember what God has done for you. And get into the word and just remember who God says that he is. And so um, I was thinking about this message and I was like, this message is pretty simple. There's just, just a few things to say. Basically, stop whining, get it together, press in, worship God. Okay, let's go home. And so pastor, our pastor, <laughs> this Jen Bridge, it's like, do you have a personal story you could throw in there? And I'm like, I never complain, obviously. No, I don't have anything to throw in there. <laughs> Let me just tell you how faithful God is, okay? This morning when I got here, I was stressing out. Nothing was working. Coffee was overflowing. I was down in the kitchen yelling and complaining at myself. And so one of, uh, Caleb, one of the interns, comes in, and he's like, are you doing okay, Lydia? I'm like, no, I'm not. This, this, and this, and this. And he looks at me, and I'm like, God, just give me a personal story for my message this morning about how complaining is great. So, um, so God will provide for you to share your story to make other people's faith strong. Also, I hate our coffee machine. Um, but, but in all seriousness, just remembering how, how God has brought you through, how God has brought these people through. And next week we're going to talk about um, just how God used Aaron, um, not Aaron, Joshua and Caleb to, to like lift up Moses' hands. And we're going to be talking about that and exploring just deeper into the story of the Israelites and how they got to the promised land. Um, but we're going to kind of wrap up today. And so as the band comes, I want to just go over a few things that God really pressed on my heart as we read through this passage one more time, because I know you want to hear it again. Um, so here's what I want you guys to remember and to take home. It says, the Lord is my, verse 2, Exodus 15, verse 2. Um, it says, the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. God is our salvation. That is the only way to get to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. God is our salvation. He's going to save us. God is our saving grace. God is our salvation. We need to praise him. Maybe instead of complaining about the coffee, I should have been down there singing this little light of mine. I don't know. But maybe I should have been down there praising God and thanking him for how amazingly I got here early enough that it didn't matter, that I made a huge mess, and that everything was falling apart. You know, there's things I could have done differently than what I was doing. I can guarantee you that. But we need to praise him. Verse 9, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoils. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Guys, we have a real enemy that's trying to overtake us today. We have a real enemy that's trying to destroy and trying to divide his people. He's trying to divide families. He divides Christians. He divide, he's dividing. He's a real thing. We can look around our world today and see that um, the enemy is trying to divide and overtake us. But we have to remember what verse 10 says, it says, you blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in mighty waters. So God is fighting for us. So how can we look at that and say, God, you're fighting for us. So even though the enemy is coming against me, God is for me. 
You may be against me, but God is for me. And we need to praise him and thank him for, to get us through that. Sometimes you just want to scream and throw your hands up and throw that coffee machine out the window. But God is fighting for me, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Get that coffee made. So you better all drink that coffee. Um, verse 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like your majestic and holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? Verse 13 says, You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. When we are feeling alone, we can remember who is God. It says, there is no one else like God. He is majestic in holiness. He is awesome and glorious deed, and he is doing wonders. Not that he has done wonders, but that's present and future. He is doing wonders. You may not see the wonders right now, but he is doing wonders. And then he's taking us to his holy abode. He's taking us to his holy place. He's gathering us to himself so that we can grow in our faith and relationship with him. Verse 17 says, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode in the sanctuary. O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord reigns forever and ever. And it says here, you bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And as I'm reading that, I'm just thinking about my own family where I've, like, lost loved ones and people that I know have had a relationship with God and have walked away or they're running from God or they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. And God's saying that, you know, he is going to bring them to their and plant them in his own mountain. And so sometimes we have to remember that, that God, that people may scatter, that they may complain, they may be angry, they may be frustrated, but God is going to reign forever and ever. And we can just be faithful to where God has us and keep moving forward and keep thanking him and remember that he has called us with a purpose. And no matter where you're going through right now, remembering what God has brought us through and remembering that his calling is still there, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you may be facing, that his calling is still there for you and he has a purpose for you. And remembering the Red Sea that God has brought you through, remembering the enemies that you may have faced, remembering the battles that you may are going to be facing, remembering those things that, well, they can't remember if you haven't done it yet, but those things you may be facing in the future, remembering what God has done for you and how God has brought us out. And if you are currently still in the place of crossing that Red Sea and you're still trying to get through it, just remember who God is. Because this says that the God is our strength. and He is our salvation. And it said that he's going to reign forever and ever. So stay with it. Press forward. Keep moving. Don't stop. Don't get stuck. Don't stop. Keep moving toward him. Because he is, the, is our salvation. He's the only way we're going to make it. And just keep praising him. And this morning as we were singing and, and just the whole atmosphere was just so worshipful. And I was just thinking about how God wants our worship. He, he doesn't need it, but he wants it. And when we worship God through song, through prayer, through reading, you know, we are drawing close to him as he is drawing close to us. And that's the place where we can get some 
to move forward. We can get that. Oh, we may need to press forward. Will you guys stand with me as we pray? God, I just um, thank you for your word today, God. I thank you, God, that you have called us out, God, and that you have pushed us through, Lord, and that you reign forever. God, I thank you that no matter what battles we're facing, whether it's uh, with family, with friends, with work, with just uh, just not wanting to you know, be faithful and do what you want us to do, God, whatever we're facing, God, will you just call us out of that, God? Will you give us the strength to walk through that sea? Give us the strength to move forward, God. God, I pray that as we close here and end, Lord, that you will just remind us this week who you are and where you have brought us, God, so that we can keep moving forward to where you're calling us to. Not get stuck where we're at, but move forward to who, where you have called us to, God. Lord, I pray that when we're tempted to complain or to grumble or to get frustrated, God, that we'll remember, again, who you are, where you've called us from, where you're calling us to. God, I pray that, um, that you'll be with us this morning, Lord, and that you will just guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen.